Because I know for some of you, you might remember back in the 1990s, American Express, the credit card, had an ad campaign. And the slogan was, membership has its privileges. Remember that? Membership has its privilege. And basically what the ad was saying is that those who are fortunate enough to qualify for the status of having an American Express card also qualified for exclusive rewards. Because you know, back, the, back then, um, not everybody had credit cards. Now they're, you know, they're giving everybody applications. But American Express, it was like they were like the ones that, hey, we're exclusive. And if you carried the American Express, you were special. And so they had rewards. But then all of a sudden, all credit cards started giving rewards, right? It's like mileage, cash back, whatever the rewards were, all of these um, credit cards started offering these rewards. Why? Because they followed off on that slogan, membership has its privileges. And when you take a look at, um, you know, these organizations, there is no organization that has more valuable rewards than the church. Because every reward that we get, whether it's from membership, whether it's a credit card company or an organization, a business organization, a sporting organization, whatever it is, all the rewards that you gain from there are temporal. They're all temporal, meaning they end when our life ends on this earth. However, the rewards for being a member of Christ's body are eternal. And so we're going to quickly look over um, 1 Corinthians 12. And starting from verse 12, it says, Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And so Paul's using here the analogy of the human body to the church body. He's saying, you know what? All of our human body, we all all have different parts. And they all work together, which is amazing to accomplish what we want our bodies to accomplish. But the Apostle Paul is saying, well, the church is the exactly same way. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would be for that reason, it would not be for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, well, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And so once again, you know, the Paul, Apostle Paul is using the body as an ad- analogy, and we all have different parts. And he said, you know, some of the lesser parts said, you know what? I'm really not that important. I'm not a part of the body. And what's the Apostle Paul saying? No. He said, you are all important, and God has placed each part in your body there for a specific reason. But it's the same thing with the church. God has placed each one of you here with your gifts just as you are unique to you here at Mission Valley for a purpose. Now, a lot of times, you know, when I talk to people about being a part and, you know, serving the church, you know, they say, you know what, I can't do that. You know, I'm really not good at anything. Or 
I'm, I'm really not as good as so-and-so. You should ask so-and-so because they, they've got a lot of experience in that and they're good. And a lot of times it's because we, what, compare ourselves with other people. And we do that as believers. But you know, the worst thing you could do is to compare yourself to somebody else. You know, and once again, I love it when we have youth here. You know, this is something that I hope you learn right away, that the worst thing you could do is compare yourself with somebody else. Because we all have different talents, different abilities. Right now we're watching the uh, NBA playoffs, right? And, and when you're watching the NBA playoffs and you're looking at these teams, the majority of, I'm sorry, the Clippers aren't there. Well, but neither are the Lakers, so I can't talk. Um, but if you take a look at the majority of the teams, the majority of the teams are made up of average NBA players. Now, to us, the every average NBA player is just phenomenal. But in the NBA, they're all average. The majority of people are average. Each team maybe only has one or two superstars. There's only one Kevin uh, Durant. There's only one LeBron James, right? And each team has few of them. And so when you take a look at them, these guys are exceptional among good players. The rest of them are just average in compared to Steph Curry and all of those guys, right? But what if they start comparing themselves to Kevin Durant all the time? Or, hey, man, how come I'm not like Braun? Or how come I'm not like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Well, number one, they don't have the talent to be like those guys. They're good, but they don't have the talent to be Michael Jordan. I don't know anybody has a talent to be Michael Jordan. But they also don't have the drive. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they were very different in the way they approached basketball. Their work ethic was off the chart, right? And not everybody has that personality. So they can't be comparing themselves to each other. Why? Because they can never be like that. And that's okay. But how many of us do that? How many of us say, oh, they're such a better musician than I am? How come that is? Well, you know, that some part to be a good musician, and Naoko, you, uh, you know more about this than me, is some part is hard work. You have to put work into your craft. But the other part is just natural talent. Some people just have that natural God-gifted talent, and they're a little bit above. But that's okay. We can't compare ourselves with them. Praise God, when I was growing up, my mother didn't compare me to the rest of my siblings because my brother was a smart one. He was a straight-A student. He was the one who skipped the grade. He was the one that was going to go into the medical field. Not me. Yeah, I was the one that was almost kicked out of Cal State Long Beach because my grades weren't good. But my m- mother never expected me to be like my brother. She said, Dave, how come you can't get all A's like your brother? Because she knew that you know, that was impossible, or I'd have to work really, really hard, and she knew I didn't have the work ethic to work really, really hard to get straight A's, because I really didn't care about that kind of stuff, right? My, My values in high school were a little bit different than academics, but she didn't treat us the same. Why? Because we are different. But did you know that, and the problem is that in this world, how does the world compensate us? The world compensates us by um, our talent. And it's talent in certain fields. They're the ones that get compensated. So we go, we want to look, we want our kids to go into those fields, right? 
We want to go into those fields because those are the things this world compensates us for. But you know that in the heavenly reward, in the heavenly realm, we are compensated totally different. We're not compensated by the talents that the world thinks. We're compensated by and rewarded by how we use the talents that God gives us. Remember that um, parable that Jesus tells in Matthew where he talks about this one manager. He goes away and he gives his servants bags of gold. One servant he gave five bags. The other he gave two. And the third he gave one. And he came back. And, of course, one guy said, look, I took the five bags and I turned them into ten. The second guy said, well, I had two bags and I turned it into four. And the third guy said, well, the one bag you gave me, I just buried it. But at least you're getting back what you gave me. But he was furious with that person who just buried it. Why? Because the others took whatever God gave them, five bags or two bags, and they doubled it. But you notice he didn't tell the guy who was two bags, hey, look at that guy. He made ten. What's the matter with you? You came up short. No. They all got the same reward. And that's the same for each one of us, that God has given all of you members certain gifts and certain talents and certain levels of those gifts and talents. And he expects all of us to use them accordingly. He never expects me to be Andy Stanley or Rick Warren because those are five bag, you know, five gold bags, you know, preachers, right? And I get that. I'm in comparison to them. I'm like one bag, right? But that's okay. As long as I do what I can to double that one bag, you know, I get the same reward as Rick Warren. I'm going to go to heaven. Hey, Rick, what you get? I go, wow. You know, I got the same thing. You know, my congregation was a fraction of your size, right? And see, it's not about that. It's about what God has given you. So as members, God has given you each unique talents and levels that he expects you to use. And to the extent you use them, that's going to be your reward. And that's so wonderful, right? Because God evaluates based upon our unique talents, not in comparison to others. So please, please do not compare yourselves to others. And everybody, every person at Mission Valley has an important role to play in the way we function as a church. Okay, everyone. I'm not just saying the mature believers. I'm not just saying the old believers. I'm saying everyone. If you are a child all the way through a senior, you play an important role. You know, I started serving the Lord when I was, you know, 16. I remember going to a a high school camp, walking in my cabin and saying, wow, how come everybody's here so young? And I said, well, who's the cabin leader? And they looked at the sheet and they go, you are. And I go, how did I become a cabin leader? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't realize my mom at the time worked for GEMS and this was at, at Mount Hermon and she just signed me up to be a cabin leader, right? So I was serving ever since. You know, in high school, you know, we weren't blessed to have a, a youth director or youth advisors like you guys. We, we didn't have that. We were just me, my brother, and a few other people getting together, and we had a Bible. And then they said, well, Dave, you teach. And well, how am I supposed to teach? So I just got my dad's pulpit commentaries. I don't know if you've ever seen pulpit commentaries. They are the driest piece of literature you could ever read. If you want to go to sleep, read the pulpit commentaries. But that's all I had, this high school kid, to try to learn what the Bible was saying. But I was a teacher. And then I became a youth advisor, which was one of my uh, most favorite 
uh, ministries that ever I was involved that I was involved in, right? And they used to call me Pastor Dave. And this is when I was in my early twenties. Why? Because I was a teacher. I was one who taught them. And then when I went into seminary, I had to teach a life group, and they were all seniors. Right? I remember, you know, leading my father's group, and I was teaching, and half of them fell asleep on me. And so at, at, at one time, it was just me and my dad. And I said, okay, dad, we're going to have this Bible study together. Everyone else is asleep on me. But that's what I was thrown into. I said, how am I going to lead these people with so much more spiritual experience than me? Well, God used me at that time, just like he uses you. So do not use your age nor your experience as an excuse not to serve because God has an important role for each one of you to play and he has put you here for a specific reason. It says, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Verse 20, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, well, I don't need you either. On the, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So if you think you're a weaker part of the body, you think, you're, oh, I'm just a baby toe. You know, what am I? I'm not the heart. I'm not the brain. I'm just the pinky on this foot. I guarantee you try to walk if you don't have a little toe. Very difficult. Or let's say, well, I'm not a thumb. I'm a thumb. I'm not, you know, the uh, vital organ. Well, try to do things without a thumb, right? You, everybody here is indispensable. The weaker parts are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together and given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for one another. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? Now what God is saying, for those of you who think you don't have the talent that somebody else has, you know, or, you know as we saw the Nichigo play, for some of the kids to say, well, you know what? I'm not as talented as these guys. You know what? God could still use you. God could still use you right? And he's, he gives great honor to the parts that think, oh, I'm not worthy. You know, I, I just don't have what it takes to serve. Why? So there should be no division in the body. And praise God, we don't have that here. Because if you know me, I don't get upset at a lot of different things. You know, administratively, that's not my thing. But the thing that pushes my button is when I th- see people mistreating other people. You want to push my button, that's it. If I see there's an attitude of people who are thinking, thinking that they're better than other people here at Mission Valley, you'll probably hear from me, right? Because those are the things. Because why? Because I believe that's what the scripture says, but that's just, you know, how I was raised. And for some reason, that's really important to me, that everybody here has worth. I don't care what you've done. You know, some of you, as you heard in some of these testimonies, you know what? I've made some mistakes in my life. Well, who hasn't? Who hasn't? So, you know, one thing that I will not have here is this attitude of superiority. Well, you know what? I never made any mistakes, or I didn't make that kind of mistake. You know, we all are on equal ground here before the cross. And that's 
One of my highest values here is I lead you in expectations of all of us, and it comes from this. It comes from this. Because God brought you all here for a purpose, and no one, no one here can say, we don't need you. We don't need you, because we need you, especially a small church like us. It's important that you all get together. You know, we have VBS coming up, and one thing I look forward to is VBS. Number one, I've been participating in it for a while, and we run VBS during the weeknight, so it goes Monday through Friday, I believe, right? And I always, for the past five years, I've been doing the imagination statement station with the kids, and I just enjoy it. But you know what? Afterwards, what I enjoy even more is some of the volunteers. We all go out to dinner, right? And we have dinner. All right, sure, it's going like this. And as long as you don't order that dish that smelled so bad the last time, I was sitting across from uh, Sherwin now going, oh, my gosh, what is that? Poor Leah was sitting right uh, next to him, and she was just screaming over to Michael's lap because she couldn't handle that smell either. But you know what? We had a great time. But you know what? I was talking to this one uh, a person from another church, and I was telling them about VBS, and they were saying, I wish we could do that too. I said, well, why don't you? And they were saying, we just don't have the volunteers. I go, what do you mean? You guys are 10 times our size, and you can't get the volunteers? I said, it's a great ministry. But thank you, all of you, for signing up and helping us during that ministry. Because that's so many kids come to know Jesus Christ through VBS, and we couldn't do it without you. But it's great to see that, um, you joining us. And finally, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. Did you know that God has called each one of you here? Because you will have gifts that he knows we need, right? And by you not being a part of what we're doing here, you're actually weakening the body here at Mission Valley. You probably don't know that. You probably say, ah, oh, you know what, they don't need me. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And by not being a part of what we're doing here, you're weakening our body or preventing us what God wants us to be because he wouldn't have called you here if we didn't need you, right? If he didn't need you, but God needs you. So I encourage each one of you to join someone, some ministry. It doesn't have to be, you know, the board member or anything like that. Just by greeting somebody. You don't know how many people I've uh, talked to. They said, you know what, the reason I came back is the greeters. They were just so friendly, you know, to me. And I came back, right? Every one of what we do here, you know, it's important. It says, now that you're a body of Christ, each one of you is a part of it. Because we're on a journey together. And last time, remember in Sunday, I said that in order for us to live the life we have, we have to have the truth, which is God's word, and we have to have the experience of experience God's word. Because if we just have the truth and no experience, it's just theory. However, if we just have experience and no truth, we are just doing what is right in our own eyes, right? We need both of them. We need both of them. And God is going to bring us on a journey. It's not going to be an easy one, but don't you want to see God's power working? And in this last picture, um, I've shared this one before, but this is my favorite scene in the Lord of the Rings because you know that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is my favorite trilogy of all times. But this is at the end, 
Okay, when you see Frodo, you see Sam, Merry, and Pippin. They had just been on a journey to eradicate evil from their kingdom. And they grew up in a place called the Shire. And in the Shire, you guys, what do you mean, no? You guys know the end of this. If you don't, okay, just plug your ears then. How could you not know? Uh, but anyway, um, this, um, this scene is these guys have gone, gone through um, just years, or months, 13 months, I believe, of difficulty fighting the enemy, fighting monsters, defeating the monsters, defeating evil. And they came back, and they were very different people than who they were when they left. And they're in this pub, and everybody is just happy, and one guy has this big pumpkin he's showing off to everybody else, and they're having a good time. And they, all of them, had no idea the danger and the evil that was going on behind their borders, beyond their borders. But these four went beyond their borders to fight evil and were victorious over evil. And it changed them. And in this scene, they're just looking around at everybody else having a good time. And they're saying, like, these guys don't know. These guys don't know. But because of what they did, the journey went, they went on, they were changed. And that's what it means to be a body of the church, is that the journey that we go on, that it is our hopes and it is God's hope that you are changed. And when you come to, let's say, the end of our time here on earth, that you could look at one another and said, you know what? You know, all these other guys that are just happy just being within the walls of the church, they don't know what we experienced outside the walls of the church. And we are changed by that. And this is what being a member here at Mission Valley is, to join us in that. It's not going to be easy, but I guarantee you it's worth it. And so what's our weekly challenge this week? Our weekly challenge is to read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 30 every day. And once again, ask God, you know, God, what do you want to speak to me through this passage? Then it says, if you aren't serving in some capacity, reach out to the people in your life group or staff so we can help you fulfill your calling here at Mission Valley. We know that God has brought you here for a purpose, and we want to get you involved. Not so, you're not a cog in our machine, But we understand that when you get involved, you start experiencing God. When you start experiencing God, you start growing in your faith. And when you start growing in your faith, you're going to start helping others grow in their faith. So that's why this is so important. So worship team, could you please come forward and please join me in prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you've given each person here, certain gifts and talents that you put together for a reason. For you knew, Father, what we needed as a church, but, Father, you also knew, know what they needed as a disciple of yours. Father, that we are in this symbiotic relationship where we work together to fulfill your plans for the life of the church and our own personal spiritual lives. Lord, I thank you for the members that made the decision to be a part of this church, to sacrifice by using their gifts and talents and resources 
to help Mission Valley fulfill your calling to further your kingdom. Father, may you grow Mission Valley's reach because of them. And Father, may they grow spiritually because of the body here at Mission Valley. And for those who are deciding whether or not they should get involved or how to get involved, Father, I ask that you would give them courage to step out in faith knowing that you have called them here. And Father, that they have potential that they can't even see, but you see, and to get involved. It might be only in a small area, but Father, I know that you will reward us when we are diligent and responsible for the small things and you give us more. So thank you once again for the power of your spirit to enable us, to transform us into the people and the church you want us to become. In your son's name we pray, amen.